Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. Thank you for joining us here as we take a look at the book. And the book, of course, is the Bible, God's holy word that lays out a scenario for the end times. May I suggest that if you want to know where God is in his time, you look at the city of Jerusalem. I have a five-part, five-hour CD that deals with the city of Jerusalem, the past, the present, and the prophetic. I would like for you to take a moment and listen to the introduction of this series on the city of Jerusalem. Jerusalem has a great prophetic significance. For example, the past, the present, and the prophetic are seen in a throne room for the Antichrist, a cup of trembling, devastation before exaltation, and Jerusalem, of course, heaven and earth. Well, let's take a moment now and you listen to the introduction of this series on Jerusalem, and then I'll tell you how you can get your own personal copy. Right now, here's my study of Jerusalem, past, present, and prophetic. Jerusalem, the most unique city in all of the world. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. According to Ezekiel 5.5, the center of the earth, with every nation put around Jerusalem, Jerusalem. The place chosen by God to dwell among his people, Psalm 132, forever and ever and ever. Jerusalem. I would like for us to focus on Jerusalem, its past, its present, its controversy, its devastation, and its eternal existence, where we will be. Not in heaven, but in Jerusalem. We'll study that together. Take your Bibles and go with me, if you will, to the book of Daniel. We'll start there. I want to touch base with this passage of Scripture and give you just an interesting approach to our study on Jerusalem. Daniel chapter 9 is where we're going. And let me explain to you the situation in Daniel chapter 9. Daniel 9 would follow as you read through the book of Daniel, chapters 5 and 6. In fact, if you're reading through Daniel, let me tell you how to read Daniel. You don't read it numerically the way it is, chapters 1 to 12. You read Daniel chapters 1, 2, 3, and 4. Then you skip to chapters 7 and 8, And then you come back to chapters 5 and 6, and then you read chapters 9, 10, 11, and 12. Now, why do I say that? Well, chapters 1, 2, 3, and 4 is under the Babylonian uh, captivity. Chapters 7 and 8 is under the Babylonian captivity. Chapter 7 is the first year of Belshazzar, who is the grandson of Nebuchadnezzar, who has taken over the Babylonian Empire. Chapter 8 is the third year of Belshazzar. Chapter 5 is the fall of the Babylonian Empire. So you can't read the way it is numerically. You've got to read it chronologically. So again, if you're jotting this down and only intelligent, good-looking, godly, spiritual people take notes... Everybody else is now reaching for their pens. Anyway, here it is. I'll give you the chapter order again if you're reading Daniel. 1, 2, 3, 4, 7, 8, 5, 6, 9, 10, 11, and 12. 
One more time, you can check it out. 1, 2, 3, 4, 7, 8, 5, 6, 9, 10, 11, and 12. Now, having said that, the fall of the Babylonian Empire has taken place at that point in time. Daniel was number two in the kingdom. Chapter 6, he's now into the Medo-Persian Empire. And then we switch over to chapter 9. In chapter 9, he is 85 years of age. He came out of Jerusalem, a member of the royal family, at 15 years of age. At 18 years of age, he interpreted for Nebuchadnezzar his dream. At uh, 60, oh, excuse me, 70 years of age, he was able to see his own vision, and that is chapter 7 with the beast rising up out of the sea. In chapter 9, he's under the Medo-Persian Empire, 85 years of age. He has his quiet time. Notice verse 2 of Daniel 9, and let's see what he reads in his quiet time that morning. In the first year of his reign, speaking of Darius, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came, and here's the book he was reading, to Jeremiah the prophet that he, referring to God, would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. What Daniel was reading in his quiet time that morning was Jeremiah chapter 25, verse 11, and chapter 29, verse 10. Later, you can look at those two passages of Scripture, and it is talking about God disciplining the Jewish people by taking them out of the land of Israel for a 70-year period of time by making Jerusalem desolate for that 70 years because they had failed to be obedient to his directive as it related to the land and giving the land a Sabbath every seventh year. God said in the book of Leviticus, chapter 25, verse 23, he said, the land is mine. And early on in that chapter, he said, I want you to rest this land every seventh year. In the sixth year, I will give you enough food to live through the seventh and into the eighth until your crops start to produce in the eighth year. But every seven years, I want you to rest the land. Well, they did not do that. And in fact, they did not do it for 490 years. So God then takes them out of the land for a 70-year period of time. Back to Daniel. He's having his quiet time. He's 85 years of age. He realizes that when he was 15, 70 years earlier, he was taken out of the land. Jerusalem became a desolation in the entire world. And so, listen. By reading the scriptures, he was able to determine where he was in God's time. Now, for whatever event you may be concerned about, whether it be the invasion or the incursion of the Israeli Defense Force into the Gaza Strip, whether it be a threat by the Israeli government to assassinate the prime minister of the Palestinian Authority, whether it be the insurgency in Iraq and the coming to power of a strong leader, whether it be Iranian President Hamadinejad saying that Israel must be completely destroyed and he's going to assist the Palestinians in doing that. Whatever the case, whatever the current event, Go to the Word of God, and if you have a prophetic input from the Word of God, a biblical prophetic worldview helps you then to understand current events. Here it is with Daniel. He knew the Word of God, he read the prophetic Word of God, and he was able to determine where he was in God's time. Now, in light of that, notice what Daniel did. Verse 3, 
of Daniel chapter 9. And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confessions. Notice Daniel. By the way, there is not one negative statement ever made any place in the Word of God about the prophet Daniel. Not one negative statement any place. There is only one other man in Scripture that that could be said about, and that would be Joseph, one of the sons of Jacob. Daniel never had one negative statement, and yet what's the first thing he does? As soon as he understands where he is in God's time, falls upon his face, confesses his sins. Not only did he confess his sins, but notice the next verse, verse 5. And we have sinned and have committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments. He confesses his sins. He confesses the sins of his people. This is a fabulous prayer for those who understand the times in which they're living and then react to that understanding. Sometime, just jot a note down, spend some time looking through Daniel chapter 9 verses 3 to 23. But let me point out two verses that you'll read in there. First, verse 16. Notice what it says here in verse 16. O Lord, according to all thy righteousness, I beseech thee, let thine anger and thy fury be turned away from thy, notice, from thy city, Jerusalem. Then look at the next phrase, thy holy mountain. He defines Jerusalem as the holy mountain of God. That phrase, the holy mountain of God, is used 18 times in the Old Testament. Two times it's referring to a location that we know as the Garden of Eden. The other 16 times it's referring to the Temple Mount in the city of Jerusalem. Basically, Jerusalem and the Holy Temple Mount, which is the most sacred piece of real estate in all of creation. Today, three football fields sized will be one day, and we'll look in just a moment, a mile square. It is the most sacred piece of real estate in all of creation. It is the apple of God's eye. And Daniel, in his confession, prayed, Dear God, for thy city, Jerusalem, thy holy mountain. Look at verse 20. And while I was speaking... And praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplications before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God. He was praying in light of knowing where he was in God's time for the city of Jerusalem, the holy mountain of God. Why was that his focus in his prayer? Thank you so much for taking a few moments to listen to this study on the city of Jerusalem. As you focus in on Jerusalem, you will be able to determine where God is in his time 
as it relates to the return of Jesus Christ back to the city of Jerusalem, touching down on the Mount of Olives across the Kidron Valley from the Temple Mount. Well, that's what we talk about on this series, Jerusalem Past present, and prophetic. I deal with Jerusalem as a throne room for the Antichrist. Jerusalem, a cup of trembling. Jerusalem, devastation before exaltation. And, of course, Jerusalem, heaven and earth. This would be a great opportunity for you to understand what God's doing as you understand God's word and the prophetic scenario laid out for the future as it relates to the holy city of Jerusalem. If you would like to get a copy of this five-part series on Jerusalem, you can call our toll-free number and our people will tell you how you can purchase this study, Jerusalem Past, Present, and Prophetic. That toll-free number is 877-674-3298. Or you can go to our website, www.prophecytoday.com, and you can go to our shopping mall and there order your copy of Jerusalem past, present, and prophetic. I can tell you in advance as you study about Jerusalem and then focus on the city, you'll realize that the return of Jesus Christ is very close at hand. In fact, the rapture could take place at any moment. And having said that, nothing left for me to say except let's keep looking up until...